We appreciate that special music. I, I was sitting there as I listened to that. I was reminded of uh, my mentor in ministry, or at least one of my mentors in ministry, Wayne Johnson, who was minister of music and education at my home church in Gastonia for over 30 years. And we had a large group of youth that would meet on Sunday afternoon for youth choir. And um, it was upbeat, uh, modern songs of that day that we were singing. And I remember in the middle of one of the practices that Wayne says, hold it, stop. He said, I want you to look at those words. And I want you to understand what you're singing. And he said, if we don't really get what we're doing here, we'd be just as well off going to get in our fishing poles and fishing rods and going fishing. Because what we're doing is God's business stuff. And I appreciate not only the songs, but I appreciate the way in which people sing the song. And not just this trio that was doing that today, but all of our music and all of the things that we do uh, that our hearts are in it. You can tell that their hearts are in it as they were doing that, so thank you very much. I want to read this morning from Mark, the 10th chapter, verses 13 through 16. It's a story that Chris has alluded to that uh, sometimes we, we sort of overlook this story. Uh, as we uh, read the scriptures and we sort of uh, maybe don't spend enough time on it. But it says here that people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He was angry. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Powerful words. And he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on them and he blessed them. May God bless the reading and hearing and understanding of his precious and holy word this morning. A former president of Washington and Lee University in Lexington, Virginia, once had a student who came into his office and he wanted a copy of the school's rules and regulations. And the president looked at him and said, son, we don't have any rules and regulations in print. And the young man said, you mean this school has no rules? And the president replied, yes, we have only one. What is it, he replied. The only rule that we have is one of kindness. Wow. That'd be a pretty good rule to live by, would it not? We're living, I don't have to tell you this, in a society in which kindness is becoming an increasingly rare commodity. Oftentimes we find people talking about experiences that have happened uh, on TV from not understanding how somebody could take a gun and shoot little children out in the front yard to people who do just 
mean and ugly things. We've become a society in which the blessing of human kindness has often dissipated. I found that an overwhelming majority of Americans, when they were polled, 89% in the U.S. News and World Report, think that incivility is a serious problem in our country. More than three-fourths said that it's gotten worse in the last 10 years. If you go to your computer and you go to Google and you look on the Internet and you see there uh, the word kindness and look it up, there is a such thing today, which I was surprised, called the Kindness Society. And their motto is, we're trying to strive to spread kindness by following this simple rule. Do not think, act, or speak unkindly towards others. Wow. Everyone can relate to kindness And everyone can respond to kindness. Mark Twain even said in his sage way that kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can read. We have all lamented, talked about, discussed the incivility that we're experiencing in our country. We we know that it's gotten worse. There's no doubt about that. You see... People staying in hotel room. I remember a speaker that I had one time came to the conference and he said, I hope I stay awake. And we said, what's wrong? He said, I didn't sleep last night. He said, they partied about 3 o'clock in the morning above me. Couldn't go to sleep. You ever been in a traffic jam and there's a turning lane to your right? And the other lanes are going forward, and this guy comes flying by doing about 90. Knowing that somebody, about 15 or 20 cars ahead of you, is going to let him in. That's not a very kind act, is it? Even to the point of being in a restaurant, having a meal, and somebody gets a telephone call, And you can hear every word they're saying for about the next 10 minutes. I've even noticed that people don't hold the door open for one another anymore. They'll let it slam in somebody's face instead of just waiting another second. These may seem like simple and petty sort of things, but they're not. Because they're an indication of what's transpiring in our minds and in our hearts. And I think it's important that we pay attention to that. It's a constant source of sadness for me to see people who claim to be followers of Jesus who are not very kind to others. They believe all the right things. They are able to say sometimes the right words. They espouse the right values. And they work for the right causes. They do so many things right They do them in the wrong way. I knew a man who was a member of a pretty good-sized congregation. He had high standards. His ethics were impeccable. But he beat folk over the head with his standards. People hated to see him coming. 
He was right about what he said and what he stood for, but he was wrong about how he accomplished it. Do you hear what I'm saying? He was not very kind. Just what is kindness? The word itself literally means that which is good and helpful and suitable. It says we need to be gracious to one another. Kindness is treating other people the way that God has treated you. And I've just asked you this morning to pause in your mind and think about how God is treating you. I hope it's all of our desires that we become like God. Now, I hope we understand there's a distinction between us being God or thinking we have all the answers like God. But it should be our desire that we become more like who Jesus Christ is with each and every passing day. And, that, and that's a really large challenge for us, isn't it? God himself was kind, and he asked us to be kind. We find that in this passage of Scripture, our Lord and Savior Jesus was kind even to the smallest. It says in Mark 10, 13, they brought their young children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. The disciples were always looking for a higher standard. And they were saying, hey, Jesus, you're about doing greater business. And, and these little children, they're cute, but we've got bigger fish to fry. We all remember the day when you had big family get-togethers and they put the children out on the porch at another table. But Jesus treated these children in this passage with dignity and respect and with kindness. Jesus saw it. He was greatly displeased, they said, and he said to them, Let the children come to me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. And he took a situation and made a real live example out of it. For he said, hey, you adults who are watching this, my own disciples, please hear this. If you're hoping to get into the kingdom of God, you need to have some of the qualities that these children have. Wow. Powerful, isn't it, what he said. And he calls us to respond in the same way. It says here in Ephesians 4, 32, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. That's what he calls us to do and be as fellow Christians. Jesus Christ came, we know, not to a perfect world. As a matter of fact, he came to a very sinful world. We know that's the reason that he came. And he came for all of mankind. It was literally a dog-eat-dog, dog, every man for himself kind of world that he came into. There were no organizations of mercy or mental institutions or hospitals or orphanages. Yet when Jesus came, he gave kindness 
to every person who was experiencing human suffering, and he does it for us today, and he calls us as his present-day disciples to do it to those that we encounter. Remember Psalm 117, verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you people, for his merciful kindness is great towards us. Without question, one of the hardest parts of Scripture for us to obey, it says to love your enemies. Well, if Jesus loved his enemies, and he did, he forgave them even on the cross, then he asked us to do that as well. Please hear me as I say this. That he loved his enemies and he loved the saints as well. It says in Titus 3, verses 4 and 5. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. God's kindness reserves a home in heaven for those who take that on. How is kindness to be shown in our life? You see, our children were looked upon in that day as the smallest and tiniest, and they didn't have much to say. Yet Jesus treated each one of them as one of the kings and queens of the universe. Now when Luke tells us about this incident, he said that they not only were little children brought, but infants were brought also. Little babies, newborns. Can you imagine having this baby, this newborn, this small child, and Jesus blessing that? Wouldn't you all want that? I would. I think it's important because we ought to handle people's feelings the way we handle little babies. With kindness and gentleness and tenderness. You know, one of the great lessons, I believe, of leadership in our day is that tenderness and understanding and patience goes much further than sternness and hardness and toughness. One time, Abraham Lincoln was sitting at a dinner at the White House. He had some pretty sophisticated and elegant people who were there at that dinner. But there was one man there who didn't have all the manners that he needed to have to be eating and drinking in such a place. He didn't know what he was supposed to do. He was doing it like he had done it at home. He needed a wife there probably to tell him what to do. But that man took his coffee that had been poured into his cup and he blew on it trying to cool it down and poured that coffee into a saucer and drank it from a saucer. You've probably seen that happen once or twice in your lifetime. Well, some of the refined ladies sitting at the table, you know, you could see them rolling their eyes. Just absolutely appalled. Can you believe he's doing this here in the White House? For a moment there, there was an embarrassing silence. But upon seeing that, Abraham Lincoln 
took his coffee, poured it into the saucer, and for the rest of the evening, he also drank that coffee from the saucer. I encourage you, I urge you, to take every opportunity you can to be kind to other people. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, You cannot do a kindness too soon, for you never know how soon it will be before it's too late. In other words, start present tense. Begin to take action on helping those around us. Most of us have probably never heard of the name Stephen Grellett. He was a French-born Quaker who died in New Jersey in 1855. He would be unknown to this day except for a few lines that he penned that will be forever remembered. It said, I shall not pass this world but once. Any good that I can do or any kindness that I can show to any human being, let me do it now and not defer it, for I shall not pass this way again. When that opportunity is gone, it's gone. I know all of us have different temperaments. I know all of us have different personalities. And I think from time to time, Jesus just looks upon us and has to chuckle, doesn't he? I've heard people say, you get what you see from me. I tell it like it is. But the Bible never says we do that with a harshness and a mean spirit. That we do it almost apologetically out of love and grace and mercy. And somehow or another, we missed that piece, didn't we? Kindness is to be shared by what comes out of our mouths. Now notice carefully that Jesus, um, as he was taking care of these little children, he didn't just take them up and give them a quick kiss and send them on their way and said, Blessings, my dear children. <laughs> by him holding and embracing and touching and caressing those children, he was telling those disciples, chill. I'm doing the most important work maybe right now that I'll do all day. I'm taking care of these little blessed children. And I want you to see what I'm doing, and I'm not in a hurry to move on to another thing. An old Japanese proverb says, one kind word can warm three winter months. One kind word can warm three winter months. I think Jesus was saying to his disciples and those there that day, what don't you get? What don't you understand about who I am and what my ministry is about? And if I'm not clear, I want to be clear when we leave these little children. Kindness is not only how we act, it's also how we react. 
we sometimes can't get prepared for that. <laughs> Some of the things that come our way, we're not always ready to respond appropriately, are we? You see, it's one thing to be kind to a friend. It's another thing to be kind to somebody who is our enemy. It's one thing to be kind to those who like us. It's another thing to be kind to those who don't. It's so important as much as we can to be kind not only with the deeds we do, but also the words that we say. Now, please understand that kindness is not softness. Don't get that from this at all. What is meant by kindness is not sentimental indulgence that tolerates wrong and evil in other people. That's not what he's saying at all. Sometimes kindness means not only confronting the sin of others, but also condemning the sin of others. But even that is to be done with a gentleness and kindness. For Galatians 6.1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken by any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, uh, lest you would be tempted yourself. You see, there are ways to let others know our faults and to make a point without being harsh and mean. You can be critical uh, of a situation and have a calm demeanor that will go further than a harsh, ugly, mean-spirited I heard of a man who was standing to buy an airline ticket one time. When he got to the counter, he said, I would like to buy a ticket to New York City. And the ticket agent said, uh, that is no problem. How many pieces of luggage do you have? And he said, I've got three pieces of luggage. And she said, you want them all to go to New York? He said, no. He said, I won't send one to Phoenix. I won't send the second one to Seattle. And I want to send the third suitcase to London. The dumbfounded clerk looked at the man and said, Sir, I'm sorry, but we can't do that. The man replied, I said, I don't know why not. You did it last week. <laughs> Sometimes our frustration can build up in us, can it? Kindness is to be sown in acts of love. It's not a coincidence that we read that Jesus took them in his arms and laid his hands upon them. When those babes and children felt the touch of the master's hand, even a mother's love could not match the gentle kindness that flowed through his touch. For the Bible says... In 1 Corinthians 13, 4, that great passage on love, it says there in the fourth verse that love is kind, period. Sometimes love is heard in a kind word. Sometimes love is read in a kind note. Sometimes love is felt by a kind touch. Someone wrote this, I think it was well written, that God is looking for people who are willing to participate in acts of love and kindness to those outside their present circle. He is looking for people who believe 
that a humble demonstration of love plants a seed of eternity in the hearts of others that will blossom into faith in Christ. Some of the greatest testimonies I've ever heard about the church is this. I went to that church and those people didn't know me. I was hurting in places they had no idea that I was hurting in. They gently cared for me, loved me, and embraced me, and I will forever be grateful and thankful to them. I read of a Christian musician who was intent on making sure that he was playing his proper notes and singing those appropriately when they would give performances. He said it just through the Spirit occurred to him one day. He wasn't speaking to anybody that was coming for the concert. He wasn't even acknowledging they were out there. He was making sure he was ready to go. And he said, I began to realize somebody could get the wrong impression. And I wanted them to know that the love of Jesus was in my heart. And I began to interact with them in simple ways for often they had something they wanted to share with me that would change my life. Dr. Paul Brand was a leprosy specialist. Terrible disease, not just in the Bible, but in the modern day, if somebody got that. It deadens nerve cells. Patients no longer feel pain, and they damage their own bodies without even knowing it. Though they may not hurt, they definitely suffer. Their pain is not physical so much, but rather it is personal and it continues to be social. Because they are rejected by the community, they are total outcasts. But Dr. Brand told of a bright young man that he was treating in India, and in the course of the examination, Dr. Brand simply laid his hands on the patient's shoulder and told him, through a translator, of the treatment that he was going to give him. To his surprise, the man began to shake with muffled sobs. And Dr. Brand asked the translator, have I said something wrong? When the translator asked the patient why he was crying, the translator turned to Dr. Brand and said, no, doctor, he says he's crying because you put your hand on his shoulder. You're the first person who has touched him in years since he's had leprosy. I wonder how many people who have leprosy that we're willing to touch. Not just physical disease, but mental and emotional and spiritual disease. Those who are on their last leg. Those who have failed in every possible way. 
And we see that leper, that outcast, they're not like us. They don't have the same standards that we have. They don't have the same morals that we have. And we go around them. And Jesus is saying to us, come on in. Come on to the kingdom of God. I heard this song. It just kept bubbling up in my mind as I prepared this sermon. And um, it was recorded a long time ago. Seemed like a lot of things that come back to my mind was recorded a long time ago. By Glenn Campbell. And it was recorded by a number of Christian groups and quartets. And um, I think it sort of sums up what I'm trying to say. Dear friends, Christ reached down, hopefully, at some point in your life and showed some love and kindness and allowed you to experience salvation. I was 12 years of age when it happened to me. And because he has been so loving and kind to us, we are called to carry that torch ourselves, are we not? So, let's try some kindness. And I challenge you this week, this day, your life to find ways to share the love and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ through kindness and not just think about it and talk about it but do it can you do that for I think God would have us to do that amen and amen May God bless you on this day. I hope the Lord has touched your heart and spoken to you and that you have another avenue to be able to minister in and to and for people as the Spirit of God calls you to do that. Would you please stand as we close in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we often look outside of ourselves for folks to be kind and generous and loving. But may you call us this morning to take a good look in the mirror at ourselves before we ever look outside at others. Help us to see what you would have us to be and do in terms of being able to minister to one another. And we thank you for the love and grace and mercy you've extended us as sinful, flawed people who have made mistakes, who have come up short, who have not always centered our lives on you. For us, in the name of Christ, we make this prayer. Amen. There'll be tickets out in the lobby if you'd like to buy one for, I know some didn't take ten, but you want two or three or five or whatever. Christy be out here in the foyer area to be able to sell you some.